Welcome to the British Sports Car Podcast. Join me, Sarah, and Nick, our resident sports car expert, as we bring you all the latest news from the top tiers of British motorsport, including British GT, GT Cup and Brick Car, as well as British motorsport interests from around the world. Hello and welcome to the From the Racetrack episode from Media Day at Donington Park, the first From the Racetrack episode of 2023. So today, Sarah and I have both been at Donington Park, enjoying the sights and sounds of what you get to look forward to in British GT 2023. I have to say the cars look stunning. The sound is as I remember it being. It's just glorious. And we had the chance to speak to a number of people during the day as well. So it's not just my voice you'll be hearing on the episode today. That being said, Sarah has a massively busy schedule. She's off to basically conduct panel interviews and be expertly knowledgeable at a a sci-fi convention this weekend. Um, So she has gone home and she is deep in preparation for that. She heads off tomorrow. uh, So she's got packing to do, last few notes to make, etc. So it is just me in terms of the show team tonight. But I'm joined by a number of voices from the media day today. We've got a number of clips from the press conference and then I took the chance to speak specifically with Sean Balf uh, while the cars were out testing. So without any further ado, let's get on with the coverage of today's Intelligent Money British GT Championship Media Day. British GT News. So Media Day was a little bit different this year in that we didn't share it with the GB3 Championship or the GB4 Championship from MSV. They've got their own pre-season official tests that they'll be doing. But we are going to see the single-seater formulae uh, racing with us on the package at various rounds this year. They're also going off and doing their own thing in in places. There is one round in particular where they are headlining the event themselves and they've got a full msvr support package um so they will be off at doing the, another race at silverstone with full support from gt cup focus challenge and things like that um so we just had the gts today and that meant we had about six hours of track action um let's start off then with the morning test and I'm not going to run through every car. I'm just going to mention the cars that were fast and the ones that either did a particularly high number of laps or a particularly low. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through categories and classes. So if we take a look first of all at the GT3 Pro Am category, and this was the category 
which topped the timesheets overall as well. Ian Loggy came out on his last lap of the session and punched in a 126.931 to take the top spot by about 0.4 of a second uh, from Orange Racing by JMH. Simon Orange actually setting the fastest time in that car, the McLaren 720S GT3. But back to Ian Loggy, our defending champion. He's changed teams in the off-season to 2Cs Motorsport, so um, not disrespecting Ram Racing in any way, but a proper high-quality effort. And the car looked amazing in the livery, which broke cover today. They've done a tribute to the Mercedes CLK GTR, which raced at Le Mans in the D2 private livery. Oh, absolutely amazing-looking car. There's photos on BritishGT.com that you can take a look at of that particular car. Third place was the second 2Cs Motorsport car. Now, this is a continuing effort from 2Cs rather than a, a transferring crew. Uh, Johnny Adam behind the wheel for the fastest time, a 127.727. Um, James Cottingham, the AM driver in that particular effort there, taking third place just under eight tenths of a second behind then uh, race lab lucky carer and ewan hankey in fourth place when we look at the those that had a lot of testing in the two hours and those that had not a lot of testing they are all clustered in the top four as well because by far the well saying that in eighth place we have mark ratcliffe and rob bell uh, the timing sheet doesn't tell us who set the fastest time uh, during the session. But taking a look here, it wasn't one of the ones that had a dodgy transponder. So uh, it's not down to that. But that 720S GT3 from Optimum Motorsport put in 42 laps in the two hours of the session. Ian Loggy came and uh, sharing with Phil Keane today, Jules Gunnell, off on factory duties. Um, Ian Loggy and Phil Keane put in 41 laps and on their very last lap put in that fast time. That fast time which works out as an average speed of bang on 103 miles an hour. Now that doesn't sound particularly impressive in a supercar that can, the road going car can touch 200 uh, at a stretch. But that's an average speed around the entire circuit. So that's slowing down for the first corner. Slowing down for McLean's, slowing down for the S's, slowing down for the two hairpins as well. 103 miles an hour is a deeply, deeply impressive speed. The shortest distance covered comes from the Race Lab car, the number 13, the McLaren 720S, with Lucky Carer and Ewan Hankey. They finished fourth in the session, as I said, on a 127.854, about nine tenths of a second off the pace. But they only turned in five laps and the fastest lap set by Ewan Hankey came on the fourth of five laps uh, that lap good enough for an average speed of 101.92 miles an hour so there we can see that nine tenths of a second equates to just over a mile an hour average speed around Donington Park's Grand Prix circuit in GT3 Silver Am now I can go through the what would be the podium positions if qualifying and testing actually counted for anything um but the top three in silver am we only had three silver am entries present at media day today 
So this will be all the cars. Mark Samson sharing with Walter Gertha. Mark Samson set the time for the pace setting car in Silver Am. The Barwell Motorsport 1 Lamborghini Huracan GT3 Evo 2. That was a 131.801, an average speed of 97.54 miles an hour. So the Silver Am cars, quite a bit slower than the Pro-Am cars over the course of the day. Uh, second place in Silver Am went to Sky Tempesta Racing. Eddie Cheever sharing for today with Chris Frog at Kevin Say, not making the journey to the circuit. Uh, their McLaren 720S GT3 uh, setting an average speed of 95.22 miles an hour, a 134.034. And then Team ABBA Racing, Richard and Sam Neary. Sam set the fastest time on the fifth of three laps. Now in Silver Am, uh, the furthest distance travelled was 28 laps, and that was the car that set the pace on the 22nd of 28 laps there. Uh, shortest distance covered by the slowest car in the class, uh, which was five laps, um, a 137.858. So significantly down on the class leader, but... Team Abba Racing have had a habit of not stressing the car. That's what they focus on. In GT4 Pro-Am, fastest time was set by Michael Johnson in Harriet's Chariot, the number 14 BMW M4 GT4 from Century Motorsport. This is the new for 2023 G82, uh, sorry, <laughs> the G82 version of the car. So the new front end from the road car on that one. That car set a 136.287 for an average speed of 92.99 miles an hour. Now that does mean that if this had been a combined qualifying session, the fastest car in GT4 would have sat inside the GT3 pack. But it isn't a qualifying second, it's just testing, and you don't know what's going on. They could Teams could be running old tyres, they could be running full fuel you never know uh, second in the gt4 pro am class was team brit aaron morgan and bobby trundley bobby setting the time in the mclaren 570s gt4 so the only old mclaren gt4 car entered for this year that was a 136 420 it was 0.133 seconds off the pace set by michael johnson in the brand new bmw Third place in the GT4 Pro-Am class went to the number 22 car. This is the other Century Motorsport G82 BMW. It was driven by Carl Cavers for the fastest lap that it did. He was sharing with Lewis Plato and they were 0.211 seconds behind the Team Brit car, 0.344 behind their teammates and all three of those cars were inside 92 miles an hour average speed in terms of distance covered the furthest distance covered was the race lab car of ian goff tom wrigley and finn green the race drivers for that car are ian and tom uh, finn obviously just getting a bit of seat time in the car as well this is the new mclaren artura gt4 uh, they managed a 141.722 on the 41st of 42 laps, the shortest distance covered in the class. And this was a, 
a class that did a few inches around Donington Park today. 24 laps from Team Brit, the fastest lap set by Bobby Trundley, as I said, on the 24th lap. So that gives us GT4 Silver, the top speed, the top time set there by Optimum Motorsport. Uh, Jack Brown sharing the car with Charles Clark, who set the fastest time. Now, this was set on the 39th lap of 39, the most laps covered by any car in the GT4 Silver Cup class. Um, it was a 135.710, which puts them quite a way clear of the fastest time in Pro-Am. And would actually put them... Well, it would put them above the Team Abba racing car, but as I say, Team Abba didn't spend a lot of time on track in the session, so wouldn't have built up to speed. They'd have just sort of bedded everything and made sure everything was working. Second place in the Silver Cup class was DTO Motorsports Series Debutantes with a driver lineup of Series Debutantes as well. Josh Rowledge set the time, Aston Millar sharing the car, another Artura GT4. This one setting a 136.185. Um, ahead of Raceway Motorsport, another series debutante team with a slightly more experienced driver lineup this time. Freddie Tomlinson did the full season last year with Assetto's Janetta, and Stuart Middleton claimed the title uh, back in 17 off the top of my head. I should probably check the articles that have been written there. To, to double check that but he he claimed the title a wee while ago they put in a 141098 now the final class that was entered was the gt4 am class this is the category for two amateur drivers ian duggan and james townsend sharing the driving it was a Janetta g56 gt4 uh, they uh, from Toro Verdi, and they set a 138.899 on the 15th lap of, uh, of a 15 lap stint, average speed of 90.54 miles an hour. Now I'm looking at that result for these guys, and that puts them ahead of one, two, three, four, five of the GT4 Silver Cup cars, and it puts them ahead of two of the Pro Am cars. So I would not be surprised, uh, being completely honest, I would not be surprised if by the time we got to Alton Park, we saw that car reclassified potentially as a Pro-Am entry and they upgrade a driver rather than derogating a driver the way they have with other entries. So that is the morning test session. And after the morning test session, we all headed off to the press conference. Before Sarah and I headed to the press conference, we got the chance to speak just a little bit more in depth with Ian Goff and Tom Chapman. These guys are, Ian is the race driver of the race lab number 29, McLaren Artura. He is very passionate about the work that Tom does. Tom is the boss of the Lions Barber Collective, a men's mental health suicide prevention effort centred around barbershops now if you want to find out more please do take a look in the podcast feed while we were at the circuit sarah processed that interview that we did with ian and tom and published that so that you can listen to that now 
please do take a listen and take a look at the website because what they're doing is very important work. So we move on now to the press conference and before we do let me make a couple of quick apologies. The first one is for sound quality. During the press conference there was obviously a lot of journalists, photographers, uh, videographers as well. There were team members and drivers in the room uh, making just a little bit of noise while they were listening to what was being said. You can also hear Sarah diligently tapping away on her laptop next to me. She live blogged the, well she live blogged most of the day, um, but she particularly live blogged the press conference for you as well. And you can see that content on the British Sports Car Podcast website, britscpodcast.co.uk. If you go to the live media day option in the menu, you can find that content in their photo of an Audi, of the, the Balfe Audi from last year is the headline image on that one. Second apology is that between the interview that was with the Lions Barber Collective and the press conference, I took a look at the battery state of the battery of the sound recorder, thought that I should probably change the batteries. When you first turn on that sound recorder, it takes a wee while to to start itself up and to run through all its checks. So by the time I could actually start recording, Lauren Granville, the series manager from SRO, had been talking for a little while, but the comments that we did manage to capture on the state of health of the series and on the way that the wider SRO organisation views British GT are well worth listening to. We'll then go on to Nick Burrows, who is the managing director of title sponsor Intelligent Money, who during the off-season further extended their title sponsorship of the series and then we'll hear from some of the drivers who were uh, asked to speak at the press conference we're not going to go through every driver but we'll hear from a number of those drivers before the end of the episode So there's also the continuity of the winning of the start as well, which um, I think you know, 
who the wedding's going to look at, whether that be the superintendent or the vice chairman. Congratulations on the entry list, and uh, here's to a great season. Following your recent uh, extension, uh, it turns you made a remaining addition to the staff department until 2027 at least. Uh, that's obviously great news for us, but also validation of the value that IM sees in the championship. Yeah, we've, we've, we've had about, I mean, we've seen a lot of Florence with our consistency. Let's try and be part of that consistency increase of where we're at. Tom alluded to 
And then, of course, it was the turn of the GT4 drivers. And again, we're not going to hear from all of them. Uh, we are going to hear from Aaron Morgan, who was representing Team Brit at the press conference. We'll also hear from the 2020, I believe it was, champion Daniel Vaughan. Uh, we'll then go to Josh Miller from R Racing and finish off by hearing from Matt Cowley. So on to our GT4 drivers from today. Team Brit, uh, back for a second season. Um, I know you and Bobby learned a lot last year in that Spa podium was uh, was a big highlight as well. Yeah, what are your aims for 2020? Yeah, so as you, as you say, coming in debut last year, um, massive, massive learning curve. You know, all the kids out before. Um, but I like to think of it as a, as a collective, uh, between Bobby and I, and as a team as well. We all fitted in relatively quickly. Um, then obviously culminating in that race race moment at Spa um, to, to, to sit and play in a, in a legend to stood <laughs> was was really special and memory that won't go away. And um, this year you guys are the only ones with the 570s. Obviously it's been adapted uh, for you to drive it. Everyone else is going now to a new Artura. How do you see the differences between those two? <laughs> Unfortunately, I think that's just going to have to be a, a thing. We're just going to wait for time, and time, only time will tell how how things play out. Though, and sorry to answer your question before as well. Um, so we used in previous championships, Bobby and I used to our credit for the first year of the series to, to learn and stuff, and then we made a real type of push. Um, probably makes a, I think collectively between Bobby and I and the rest of the team really hoping for big things and potentially a, a GT4 car in the championship. Dan Vaughan, our 2020 champion. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think you've raced a race here since stepping out of the car at Silverstone, is that right? And if it is, where have you been? No, nothing, nothing at all. Uh, it's the first day in the car now. Um, it's been two wheels, uh, and I've missed it. Um, it's good to be back. Um, the grid looks really strong as well, so I think the whole package of the British GT is just getting stronger, so I'm really excited. How was the deal with Team Partner? Very last minute, a couple of days ago, so I haven't got a jacket, so 
but no, the, the team I raced with in Porsche is, is I, I know what they're like and what they're capable of. So um, the pain in it was really good. Uh, done a few laps this morning and it feels good, just come through. So um, yeah, got a lot of rust to go on, but um, and not a lot of testing before the season. So, but it's all good. It's all good. It's just good to be back. No driver has won two GT4 titles. Are you going to be assessed with chances of changing that stat this year? It's only March, so. So that just leaves us now with a about five minute interview that I managed to get with Sean Balfe outside the Barwell Motorsport garage during the second test session. And we'll get to that in just a moment. Before we do, let's take a look at the afternoon session and where the various cars placed. In the GT3 Pro-Am class, the top car was actually the number 78 and it was Sean Balfe that set the dime. So it's pretty good that I got to interview him about an hour and a half into the session. Uh, almost like I knew something, but I didn't. 
Uh, time came on lap 50 of 51. It was one of the very few cars that improved their times in the dying laps of the session. Uh, reason for that is that throughout the afternoon session, there was snow, there was sleet, there was hail, uh, there was rain, then there was dry spells. and You didn't really get a good, a, a good go at working some heat into the tyres and setting some blistering times. That being said, all the times were faster than in the morning session. So Sean Balfe set the time in the Barwell Motorsport run Lamborghini Huracan GT3 Evo 2 he shares with Sandy Mitchell. That time was a 1.25.851, an average speed of 104.3 miles an hour. He was ahead of Morgan Tilbrook's best time in the Enduro Motorsport McLaren 720S. GT3 and this one is definitely an Evo car I saw it with my own eyes fastest time from that car was exactly one tenth of a second behind Sean Bow's time it was a 1.25.951 a 104.18 mile an hour average speed and then Ram Racing and the heroics of Raffaele Martiello only saw the track for the first time today, so I wasn't expecting him to be where he sits today. But the number 15 car he shares with John Ferguson, a Mercedes AMG GT3 Evo, put in a 1.26.051 to be exactly two tenths off the top of the class. Looking again at the most laps covered and the least laps covered, the most laps covered was 61 laps, and that came from apparently a very reliable Optimum Motorsport McLaren 720S GT3 Evo. Mark Ratcliffe sharing with Rob Bell, who set the fastest time in that car on the 50th of 61 laps. Shortest distance covered in the category was the Race Lab entry of Lucky Kara and Ewan Hankey, who sat just one place behind the Optimum car. Uh, they only turned in 19 laps during the session, but I spent some time in their garage today, and it didn't seem like they were chasing a problem or anything like that. It just seemed like they'd done what they wanted to do. The car was parked up, and everybody was helping the team and the drivers get used to the new GT4 car that shared the garage with them rather than working on the known quantity, which is the GT3. In GT3 Silver Amp, fastest time went to Chris Froggart in the number 93 Sky Tempesta Racing, McLaren 720S GT3. It was a 127.137. Uh, that was set on lap 28 of 37. Barwell Motorsport came second, again thanks to Mark Samtham, sharing with Will Tregertha. The Lamborghini Huracan GT3 Evo 2 was 0.922 seconds behind a 128.059. And then again, Team Abba Racing, Sam Neary set the fastest time. Wasn't set in the, the world of light with the, speed, with the times that they're putting in. They only turned in seven laps, which is by far the smallest lap count of the session, except for one of the Academy Motorsport Mustangs in GT4, which did have a problematic session, and one of the raceway cars in GT4, which again, didn't exactly have the rub of the green. So not particularly worried about Team ABBA racing 
being on a 132.746. GT4 Pro-Am went to Raceway Motorsport thanks to Tom Holland in the number 55 car. He shares with Michael Kreese a 135.678 ahead of Bobby Trundley's best effort for Team Brit in the car he shares with Aaron Morgan. The 570S GT4, so the old McLaren GT4 car, rather than the brand spanking new one. Third place went to Harriet's Chariot again. Again, thanks to Michael Johnson, the number 14 car, a BMW M4 GT4 G82, setting a 136.533. In the Pro-Am class, most laps covered went to... Kavijandu and Tom Rawlings in the number 7 Paddock Motorsport McLaren Artura. Lowest number of laps covered actually went to the car that topped the timesheets, the raceway car. Uh, they only covered 39, but again, big distances covered by the GT4 Pro-Am class. GT4 Silver, fastest time was set by DriveTech, which is officially, I believe, DriveTech powered by Track Focused. This is the Mercedes-AMG GT4 of James Wallace and Sam Mayer-Lochnan. Uh, that was a 134.645. Um, average speed, 94.61 miles an hour. With Team Parker Racing's Porsche 718 Cayman GT4 RS Club Sport, uh, Zach Meekin and Dan Vaughan, as we heard from just now. Uh, Daniel Vaughan setting the time that put that car second. 0.121 seconds off the Mercedes that topped the timesheets. Third place in GT4 Silver was Toro Verde with the G56 Janetta GT4 car. This was the number 80 car. It is the car that's currently only got Joe Wheeler confirmed behind the wheel. It's the only to be confirmed space left on the entry list. So who did the big distances in this class then? At 59 laps, it was Team Parker Racing, Zach Meekin and Dan Vaughan. Um, they put in, as a 59 laps. Shortest distance covered was Raceway Motorsport. Again, another Janetta, G56 GT4. This time with Freddie Tomlinson and Stuart Middleton behind the wheel, the number 56 car. They still managed to get fifth place in class. And yet again... The other Toro Verde car, the only car in GT4 Am, Ian Duggan again behind the wheel when it set its fastest time, a 135.391 for an average speed of 93.87 miles an hour. That puts them ahead of five of the GT4 silver cars. It would put them ahead of... All but the top two GT4 uh, Pro-Am cars as well. Um, so, yeah, quite an impressive test session for the chaps from Toro Verde. But, as I've said before, don't assume just because they're quick in testing, they're going to be quick in the race. They could have been running absolutely zero fuel and going for headlines and I may have fallen into their trap hook, line and sinker. If that isn't the case, then do, as I say, expect an adjustment to the entry list either a change to balance of performance or more probably more likely a change of the category into which the number 86 Toro Verde car is entered 
Short and Balf, back in British GT. Not with the look that we've come to expect from you. So slightly different look, different shaped car, different team name on the side. How does it feel to be no longer third and we're running a team and just be able to go in there and drive? Well, the car's not red. That's, that's quite significant. Uh, it never was a burden to run my own team. Um, so many satisfying moments. Um, made so many friends. Got some pretty decent results along the, the way with customers and myself. So it was, it was never a burden. It's just, you know, evolution of things um, and, 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 a, and a set of priorities, really. So um, I'm very pleased to be, to be part of the Black Bull Barwell team. They're um, obviously incredibly professional, got loads of experience. There's a little bit of a carryover from the Audi to the, to the Lamborghini for me with, with some similarities, but different enough still to be new to me today um, yeah just fitting in really um, trying to enjoy my first day in the car and with the team and make sure they go away with good vibes and feelings about what what me and Sandy have done and and obviously I want to go away thinking right you know bring on the next test day when the news first broke that you'd signed a deal with with Barwell and you were teaming up with Sandy Mitchell I think my first words were I would hand on the championship now <laughs> This is this has got to be your, your your strongest chance, yeah, isn't it? With a, a pro like that, I mean, not not meaning to badmouth Rob in any way, but I mean, there's a massive there's a, there's a lot of parts of a recipe that needs to be complete for a championship campaign, and as you mentioned, Sandy, you know that's 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 a big part of the recipe. Um, Barwell have got got everything they need and. Have, have won the championship I never have so um, if anything amongst all this I'm the weak link um, so I just need to sort of try and do the best I can and be consistent and uh, give Barwell and Sandy the opportunity to do what they what they've done last year and the year before so how many cars is it you've driven in the top class of British GT now you've you did the 650 the 720 then the Audi now that I'm beginning, have I missed any? Yeah. So, <laughs> how long have you got? Um, I think I'm here all day. <laughs> I think we've covered the the, the, the recent decade anyway. Yeah. So you've got a lot of experience of the competition as well, because seven cars in the top class are McLarens, and you were the first person to run it in the UK. First person to win a British GT race in a McLaren 720. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Sorry, I do apologise. I should have said that. And thank you to Rob and McLaren. But, um, yeah, I mean, not, not really looking too much at what the pit lane's doing at the minute. Just trying to, trying to work closely with the team and Sandy and just, just, yeah, just get into the detail. Get comfortable, get into the detail, um, for sure. You know, the, 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 every year it gets, it gets possibly more competitive. Um, some people say statistically it's no more competitive than it was in 2019. I don't know, uh, we have got eight full, fully, fully contracted factory drivers in the field this year. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's, that's where Sandy will deliver. So, um, as we know, it's a two-driver championship, so um, it's going to be quite interesting, isn't it, to say the least. You were saying there's enough familiar about the Lamborghini. Because they're based on the same platform, use the same engine, don't they? Is it just like 
getting into home but things aren't quite in place or is there a significant difference between the way the cars perform? So I felt that there were some similarities that, that came back quite quickly. Uh, maybe the seating position, the, 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 uh, your vision, uh, the, the layout of the steering wheel to a degree, the dashboard. So there was a certain amount of, of familiarity there that, that quickly came back. But um, there are differences between the two manufacturers in, in how they approach things slightly differently. I, I believe you know some of the engine components are slightly different. Um, the feel of the drive, you know, is different enough to say, okay, do I prefer a Lamborghini or an Audi? You know, so I think it's it's probably wrong to say they are the same car. In, in my opinion, they're not. Um, but we must remember that this is a, a Barwell car that's been set up by a lot of lot of history and experience, which I'm lucky to be able to jump in and, and just drive. Fantastic. Well, I'm going to wish you a whole lot of luck for the season, you and Sandy. Uh, good luck for today with your testing programme. hope that all goes well and the snow stays away. And the sun's out. And look forward to seeing you at Easter. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the British Sports Car Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on socials at BritSC Podcast. This podcast is a Storm Vixen created production in conjunction with RPS Driven Media.